everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. Welcome to episode 10 of the Lee Evie Korean Drama Podcast Show. I am very, very excited to be here at episode 10 already. It feels like I started this podcast literally two minutes ago, but here we are. So that's pretty cool. Today, I have decided to talk to you about a kind of a light, fluffy, contemporary drama that has aired in 2019 called Angel's Last Mission, Love, or also sometimes Dan only love. So this drama, I've kind of picked it just because I've watched it. It's just really cute and really enjoyable and very charming, but also has some very interesting kind of tonal shifts. I think as Korean dramas sort of often do really, where they have these very light, fluffy, cute, silly things going on, you know, really sweet romance. And then sometimes they just really pull out some deep, dark emotional shit. Uh, this drama is very good at that, I think. Um, tonally, particularly at, you know, the first couple of episodes, they are, you know, they are cry-worthy. They make you very, very, very sad in, you know, a very effective way. Like the, the drama writers know what they're doing. So there's definite elements of tragedy and, you know, really horrific stuff from grief and everything that happens at the start of this drama. Um, but it's kind of balanced out, I think, in a really kind of cool way where the heroine is experiencing a lot of really deep, dark shit. And it's pretty sad to watch what she's going through. But meanwhile, the hero of the drama, Dan, is, you know, the silliest, cutest, sweetest little boy that ever existed. So he's completely charming and very frivolous and silly. And, you know, his whole kind of side of the drama at the start is super super light so to be honest I don't really mind you know the way k-dramas do have these really kind of wild shifts in their tone and in the feeling of them and I always get the impression that you know the people that create k-dramas and write k-dramas it's almost like I, I kind of get the impression it's not so much thinking about plot or development or you know concept and sometimes it's really about emotions. I feel like they set out with this goal where they want to make their watchers cry. They want to make you laugh. They want to make you feel good. They want to make you feel bad. And they want you to be, you know, caught up in a swoon-worthy romance. And I think it's really interesting because 
I don't know, but I feel like that's a very, very different approach to a lot of the, um, you know, I guess the Western shows, like the American shows and the English shows that I watch, which I feel are very, very focused on, you know, they don't always succeed, but I think they're very plot focused, you know, and I think sometimes, to be honest, emotion and character development falls to the wayside in Western TV shows. Not always, of course, there's always exceptions, but I think on the whole, you know, Maybe the approach to those kind of um, American shows and stuff is more plot based, you know, create a tighter plot and don't worry so much about what your audience is going to feel. And I think emotionally, sometimes I feel like those shows are a little bit dumbed down. While Korean dramas will have some crazy plots and you know, some crazy coincidences and you know, really crazy concepts where if you try and explain to someone what you're watching, they'll think it sounds mental, like if you just explain the plot. But you can't tell them how emotionally moving that show is, no matter how crazy the concept is. Like for this, for instance, you know, an angel comes down to, you know, f- find a last chance love for a cold, tragic ballerina and they're tied together by a weird handkerchief. And also there's this other dude who's really mean, who's trying to break them apart because she's his past love or whatever. Like, that sounds sort of bonkers. And yet the show itself is very beautifully done, very charming, it's fun and it's sad as fuck in a good way <laughs> and very romantic. Um, so I really, really like that. I love, I love that emotion and moving the watcher, you know, moving you emotionally, I feel is the main point of K-dramas. And I feel like that's the goal of the people who make them. And, you know, maybe that's why I'm so attracted to them. I, I really like that. I love to feel like emotionally I'm being impacted by something I watch instead of feeling cold and distant to it. Like, I don't really care what happens to the characters. You know, if, if I fall in love with a K-drama, I really, really care what happens to those characters. It matters. So I kind of already gave you like (laughs) the bare basics overview of this drama, which I will say again, I really thoroughly enjoyed. I found it very, very sweet and lovely. So the basic kind of concept is there is this dude called Dan who is an angel and Kim Dan is, he's kind of like an angel who's on earth. He's doing, it's like a contracted term that he has to remain on earth to do his job. And his job is basically to kind of ease, oh, I don't know if it's to ease the passing of animals, but he's there to collect the souls of animals when they die. But he is also a bit of a, a cheeky dude and he likes to pull some strings that he shouldn't really pull. So for instance, you know, if he finds a human mistreating animals, he kind of gets a little bit involved and he, you know, might free the ones that are still alive when he goes to pick up the one that's died. It's quite interesting because, I mean, you know, the concept is literally dealing with death and the finality of death like these animals are dying you know it's very sad when you see him pick up the soul of a puppy to take it away because it's been mistreated and it's died and yet Dan himself is like you know he's such a sunshine character he is just all dimples and you know silly blustering sweetness he's very 
kind of goofy and funny. So I kind of liked that as well. You know, I mean, the topic's quite serious, uh, but he's not really a serious angel dude. He's very cute and he's very fun. So I really liked that. He obviously gets involved in this woman's life. And this woman's name is Eon So. Uh, so Eon So is a tragic ballerina. Interestingly enough, I feel like it's almost that reverse thing. Um, you've probably heard a thousand times about, and I hope I don't pronounce this wrong, but the Sundra type. It's a very classic K-drama male lead type, actually, who is, you know, usually like he's very rich, he's very, you know, driven, he's closed off and he's cold as hell, like gives nothing to anybody emotionally and doesn't you know believe in connection or love like there is a lot of dramas that have this it's a very typical kind of cold aloof male lead type and it's interesting because what this drama has done is they've kind of flipped that and the female lead in this drama Eon So is very much a Sandra type she is she is just closed off to the world. So her background is that she's been orphaned and it has, you know, obviously created a huge tragedy for her and she's become a lot harder. She's also a ballerina and her family owns this, you know, really amazing ballet company in Korea. So she's an owner and a director. But while being the, I guess you say, prima donna, prima donna ballerina I think so the, the lead in her ballet company on stage um, a light shatters above her while she's looking upwards in this you know, it's actually such a beautiful scene she, you know, she's in this beautiful pose looking up and the glass shatters and it just falls into her eyes don't ask me how she managed to go blind but also her face is beautifully unflawed like you know no glass actually cut her face but she did go blind from the incident so I mean that's an example of you know kind of a weird thing where you're like in a k-drama it's not exactly realistic but you kind of like yeah cool I'm just gonna go with that because what a beautiful scene how moving oh my gosh how is she gonna deal with being blind you know you just get sucked into the emotions to the point where if there is a slight kind of coincidence or something a bit weird you just like eh I don't care and I don't you know this show was really fun the way it's set up so she's a very very tragic figure she lives in this huge mansion and she just treats her staff like shit basically she's cruel and she's mean and you you understand that she doesn't believe in the world she doesn't believe in anything good she doesn't believe in people everyone she feels that everyone who's ever loved her has left her but of course she is wrong she has a kind of like a I guess he's like a butler dude but basically he's her surrogate father and she's been you know he's been around since before her parents went and he's sort of really become a father figure to her but he's also her right hand man you know he's a driver he lives in her house he looks after he does everything for her and she's mean to him. She's so mean to him because she's so desperately unhappy. And, you know, just the tragedy that has befallen her. She can't dance anymore and her parents have died. Like it's too much for her to handle and she has broken. But the way that she's broken is she's become cold and disconnected and she is just 
she's mean. <laughs> so she doesn't appreciate that there are people around her who care for her. And of course, she only realizes too late after a car accident occurs and her right hand man, the butler guy, dies. So, you know, heaping more tragedy onto everything. But of course, uh, Kim Dan, the angel, has sort of like lost his hanky. And uh, Eon So's picked up his hanky randomly. So they've sort of connected, basically. She has something that he needs. So if you think of the hanky kind of like an angel passport, like he can't go back to, you know, heaven without it. <laughs> so obviously he has to stick around and he gets a bit involved in her life and he just spends a day following her around trying to get it back and he watches her. And I think Angel Dan at the start of this drama is quite interesting he's um I don't know I really really like him but he's not exactly completely human he's very cute and fun and sweet but he doesn't feel the exact same I think emotions as human and it's only later in the drama when he gets actually literally turned into a human that I think he he undergoes this major character development where things become a lot deeper and darker to him because he's actually feeling everything and although you know he does obviously feel empathy and he has these feelings when he's a full angel at the beginning of the show I still feel like there's a slight disconnect you know he, he's probably closer to death and he understands that things are just the way that they are but at the same time when he sees Eon so dance you know I do feel like he's moved by it and when he sees her in this car accident about to die in the driver, which is her, you know, butler guy is already dead. And he watches, they're about to, you know, fall off this cliff thing. And she sees him and she can't remember if she sees him actually, but anyway, she's calling for help and he helps her. He does it. And he's not meant to, obviously he's not meant to do that, but he does. So he kind of changes everything. And as a result, he ends up being turned into a human um, by his, you know, angel co-worker guy. Uh, who's quite funny in this, by the way, um, a character called Who, who basically, you know, just has disguises the whole time and wears funny wigs. So I quite enjoyed him. But he sends Kim Dan to uh, become the new butler person, I suppose, for Eon So and be her new right hand man and driver and live in her house. And his mission is to make her find her soulmate and fall in love. Which is interesting because obviously she's very cold and she has not got love in her mind at the moment. It's not what she's focused on and she doesn't believe that it's real. So he has his work cut out for him. So that's the basic setup. There's also a lot about ballet in there. Eon So gets her eyesight back because she gets given like eyeballs from transplants I don't know um, from her butler guy who you know who died in the car accident and there's all sorts of sort of um, you know mini political plot thing going on in terms of the directors of this ballet company where um, you know basically a lot of her family members are sort of out to kill her or at least you think a lot of them are and then you know there's surprising twists about who it is they've also the ballet company has hired a new director called Ji Kang Woo, who is frankly a total horrible jerk, played by Lee Dong Gun, who I know he's super famous. This is actually the first drama I've seen him in, and like it's not his fault. This character's pretty, you know, he's a jerk. He's not meant to be likable, so um, I guess I'll just go with that. But uh, yeah, he's not for me. And anyway, he's basically 
Maybe they match each other, actually, him and Eon So, because they're both so mean to everybody. But he, of course, becomes the other prong in sort of a love triangle. And Kim Dan is the angel, is pretty sure that this new ballet director is the guy that he has to set Eon So up with. But it turns out, you know, that there's a whole different agenda going on with him, which is quite fun and interesting, actually. I really liked that reveal because I think without it, his character would have been you know, particularly flat and it does give him a lot more um, complex depth and things to do. So that's the basic concept of the drama. And I don't know, I, I really liked it. I was utterly charmed, particularly by, you know, the first section of the drama. I was just hooked. Next up, I want to talk about the lead actress in this drama. So her name is Shin Hae-san. So she plays the main character, this kind of Sundra type. And I, I really, really like this actress. I think she is so good. She is so good at playing this cold, aloof, you know, a person who's also desperately fragile and wants to be loved she's so vulnerable and yet covers it by lashing out um I think she's an absolutely incredible actress particularly um this is the second drama I've watched her in I know she's actually been around for a while I can see when I look up you know what she's done she's been in a lot of dramas and um, actually quite a few that I've seen but I just kind of didn't click I suppose she had a side role um, but I've seen her as the, the drama lead in the drama Still 17, which came out in 2018. I, I find it quite interesting. Her character in that is just the complete opposite in every way to this. She was very young and sweet and naive and very warm and very innocent and open to the world and utterly charming. And I think the actress did such a good job playing that kind of character, um, which is why I think she's so good, because seeing her sort of flip and play this very, very different kind of woman in this drama who immediately just seems older and seems more burdened by the world and but also has this raw kind of vulnerability vulnerability to her um I just think you know she's so good so I found her absolutely charming you know when she's on screen in these crazy kind of like business power suits and business outfits elegant business outfits like you can't really take your eyes off her she's really really wonderful the male lead in this drama is played by Kim Myung Soo so I know him by his stage name L he is an actor that I have seen in a load of dramas over the years. Um, the very first one I saw him in was Shut Up Flower Boy Band. Um, and to be honest, I mean, look, he's super pretty. Like he is such a pretty guy, but I didn't really love his character. I found him like very petulant and to be honest, quite frustrating in that drama. Um, so he didn't really kind of, um, I guess, hook in with me. I never really quite kind of got the L thing. Um, and then I've seen him in a few dramas since then, and I've always, I don't have a problem with him at all. I quite enjoy watching him. You know, he's super pretty. Of course, I enjoy watching him, but I've never like watched a drama because he's in it or anything like that. And I have to say, watching this with him as um, Kim Dan was a little bit of a revelation to me. Suddenly I'm like, oh, that's why this guy keeps getting roles. He is so cute he's so charming he's just all dimples and silliness and he is just so super pretty like I thought he was wonderful and I did read a little bit you know I think 
uh, I think he's an idol, I'm pretty sure, like, or he's, you know, he's done some K-pop stuff. I'm pre- yeah, he is. Okay, so he's a K-pop uh, boy band from Infinite. Um, I don't really follow K-pop, so, um, you know, I just kind of know these things vaguely. And I know that always with um, actors that come out of K-pop or, you know, come out from the idol world, they, they I think they get a lot of sort of flack for their acting or they really, really have to prove themselves as good actors before anyone's sort of willing to give them a chance. And I think they sometimes I feel like they have to work even harder than just people who debut as actors, you know, to prove that they can do it. It's like there's a... Um, a, a pre-thought out idea that they're just going to basically be shit for some reason. Um, and I know even with this, Kim Dan, I, I think I read a little bit of comments on online that they thought Elle was, you know, overacting and he was a bit, you know, not very good or something. And to be honest, I found that really kind of over the top blustering thing very, very charming. And, you know, I'm not a super fan of his or anything. Um, it really worked for me. And I think particularly because of that, you know, he was basically the light part of the drama for quite a long time as, all, you know, all this tragedy and, you know, cold Sundra type kind of thing was swirling around him. I really do feel like it was up to him to buoy things up and make things fun and, you know, be the kind of light, charming, funny one. So I thought he did a great job and I, I really, really loved it. And I'm not just saying that because he's like super pretty. <laughs> Next up, just before I finish this little discussion about Angel's Last Mission, Love, I wanted to touch on Kim Dan's uh, character's backstory. Um, I, so, you know, like I said, at the beginning of the drama, he's, you know, he's a particularly light character. But once he becomes a human, he begins feeling human emotions. He begins being sucked into what we eventually realize is he was human and he died and he didn't die in a nice way. I was, oh, I mean, very, very moved, but also horrified by his backstory. And I I really liked the way it wove into the drama and the way he kind of just had to take off to deal with this shit. It's so heavy. And, um, you know, and I particularly maybe such a shift because he is so light and silly at the start of the show. And as he becomes, you know, more touched by the reality of his situation and the high stakes that are facing him in the fact that he's falling in love with Eon So, but he has no right to be with her. You know, they, they can't be together. And him having to wrestle with, you know, is he meant to set her up with this guy, this other director guy who he's pretty, he's starting to think isn't maybe that good a guy, maybe has an agenda, he doesn't really think he's good enough for her. And, you know, on top of that, there's just this selfish desire that he wants to be next to her. He wants her. He loves her. And I I really liked the sort of developing angst of all of that stuff. And of course, threaded through that as well is the idea that Eon So and Kim Dan have a backstory. They have a childhood connection as, you know, K-drama, you know, uh, OTPs often do, which, you know, I kind of love to be honest. So we find out through, you know, they're having a few dreams. Um, this, this idea that Eon So, when she was a child for like a ballet work club, a uh, workshop, you know, masterclass kind of thing, she gets sent out to this island. 
And while she's out there, she makes a friend who's this young boy the same age as her. And it's very sweet, but there is some serious undertones of darkness. So basically from Eon So's point of view, she just makes a lovely friend and he watches her dance and he cries because it's so beautiful when he sees her do ballet. And it's one of the, it's this huge shifting turning point for her where as a child, she realizes that this is something she loves and something she's good at. And look what she was capable of doing, moving her new friend to tears. And they share this really intense, strong connection where I think both of them are exactly what the other needs at that time in their life. But of course, as a viewer of the drama, you can't fail to notice that the young boy in these flashbacks is, you know, his face is totally fucked up. Like he's got, you know, a busted lip and he's all bruised and, you know, he's not happy. And obviously there's something going on that is a little bit terrifying. But because uh, Eon So is only a child, she doesn't notice this. You know, if he says, ah, I tripped and smashed my face on the ground, she'll just be like, yeah, sure, I believe it. Because, you know, being hurt by a parent um, is not something that is within her own experience. And it's not something that she can sort of grasp at. The idea of would be completely foreign to her. And I think it's so sad because when she's forced to leave the island, he, you know, she goes to say goodbye to him, this little boy, and he refuses to come out of his gates in his house. And she's so furious, you know, she's got a temper, this girl, and she blows up at him and, you know, like, ah, I didn't want to see you anyway. And she walks off and, you know, she goes overseas to a different sort of ballet school and she trains for years and years and it becomes this tiny blip in her childhood. And yes, it was very moving, but it's still just this small thing that happened to her. And over time, she forgets. And I found it so sad because obviously, you know, the little boy doesn't want her to see him that last time because he's even more bashed up than normal and he is ashamed and embarrassed. And, you know, he likes her. She is special to him and he doesn't want to ruin things. And it's so sad. It was so upsetting. And I also found it really sad that Eon So forgets, but also very true to life. And I really liked that the drama did that. I liked that the drama didn't make it this huge thing that's driven her entire life. This one meeting, you know, this meeting between soulmates when you were 10 years old, because that's not really how things go. Something can happen when you're 10 that really you know, creates a connection or even pushes you a certain way in your life or makes a huge difference to the decisions that you make. But I also also think that it's very realistic that after 15 years or more, you probably won't be thinking about it every day and eventually it might slip from your mind. Um, and particularly, I completely understood why she'd forgotten, but it's so heartrending to see her go back to the island and find out that only, you know, a few days after she left, he died. And the people kind of say, you know, his dad wasn't very nice. And the kid, uh, I can't, I think the kid, they say the kid jumps into the sea and he drowns. And she is completely shattered by, like, it's so heavy. It's so dark it's such a dark storyline for this show and again I just think this is such an interesting tonal shift where this show is very very much about death and it is about what death means in terms of 
separation, you know, what it's what it means for those who are left behind, who can't be with someone they want to be with because that person is gone. Like it is about that the reality, the cold hard truth of losing someone that you care about. And yet the show is packaged as a romantic comedy, you know, it's it is very romantic and at times it's very funny and it's very charming and you know, it's very cute, a lot of it. You know, a lot of the early romance stuff is very, very cute. And I, I just, I'm endlessly fascinated how K-dramas can shift so many different feelings and concepts into one show without it feeling like a big bonkers mess. You know, I, I still feel like this, when you're watching it, feels like a coherent show. It feels like one story. It doesn't feel like it's just kind of flopping all over the place and giving you whiplash it fits it works I liked it but at the same time it's so many different things all woven to get together to create this tapestry that this show is so for me I felt like that really worked um seeing Kim Dan himself discovering his past and going back and realizing you know how he slipped off these rocks and he drowned and that he is dead he was a human he was alive and he has died was Poor, hardcore, really sad. Um, Also, some of the best stuff, like emotionally, I I found it so impactful and really good. Um, I guess I'm not going to go into too much more detail about the show. Um, I would say if you haven't watched it, definitely give it a go. I think it's definitely worth it. I really, really enjoyed it. I I do think um, it kind of ends up spinning its wheels a little bit as the show goes on. And I think that, again, is the curse of um, tend to be like rom-coms, even though or contemporary, you know, romantic dramas, they sometimes I feel like they kind of do start losing the drive the drive that's pushing the plot forward and normally that's because I think in a lot of you know fluffy light cute dramas the plot kind of runs out you get to a point where the characters should just be together and they're not because of silly reasons and that's when the drama begins to spin its wheels this drama however you know there's some heavy plot in this it's not just buoyed on the romantic misunderstandings there is backstory there is this love triangle with this director who has you know is in love with Eon Su from you know a past life or whatever and there's so much going on in terms of the mythology and the angel stuff and the rules and the stakes are very very high and yet I still felt like it it does sort of slow down and spin its wheels a little bit in saying that though I still think this drama is worth your time if it's something that sounds appealing to you I th- I thought it was very very charming and you know Elle is he's really pretty so yeah <laughs> Now it is time to talk about something that I am loving this week. So what I'm loving this week is a book that I have been reading. I've finished it now and I thought it was wonderful. So this is a young adult fiction novel. It's called Keturah and Lord Death. Keturah is spelled K-E-T-U-R-A-H. Keturah and Lord Death by Martin Leavitt. So I'm not sure when this, oh gosh, so this book came out in 2006, so it's a little bit older compared to, you know, the most uh, modern 
novels that are coming out. It is such a beautiful and interesting story. So it is set in uh, Europe in medieval times. I'm going to guess England, but you know, it doesn't really specify, but it's very medieval feeling story. It's set in this little muddy backwater of a village in the middle of nowhere and Keturah, the main character, basically goes into the woods and gets lost and she is lying on the ground against a tree about to die and then Lord Death turns up. The whole thing feels like a dreamy fairy tale from medieval times and yet there is an emotional depth to the story that I think really lends itself to modern readers. You know, sometimes you read really old folk tales or old fairy tales and you feel very, very disconnected from them. But this is like it took the main story beats and ideas of a fairy tale um, and yet has added all this more modern feeling and depth to the story. But basically, Lord Death turns up to take Kutura away. She's dying. And she manages to talk him around into um, basically giving her an extra day and then the next day an extra day and what she has to do is she she gets a time limit to find her one true love and so she goes on kind of a mission to find it and it is a beautiful story um the thing I love the most about it is I read a lot of fiction like I'm a big reader and I particularly enjoy young adult fiction but sometimes when you read a lot of young adult fiction you really begin to um, I guess recognize the beats in the story you know and it's interesting sometimes that it quite annoys me when I'm reading books I don't I want something to be completely fresh I don't want it to feel like the same framework that I've read a million times and yet you know when it comes to k-dramas like I said often they have the same framework and that doesn't bother me I am so there to kind of pick up a new drama and I understand what kind of story it's going to tell you know if there's a chaebol and there's a candy type and you know I totally understand what it's going to be and I'm so there to watch it anyway Uh, so it's kind of interesting when you think about it like that but the thing that I did adore about Keturah and Lord Death um, is that it is it feels really fresh and it feels really original it's not something that Uh, It's not the kind of story that I've come across before. It's also very, very romantic. I definitely would suggest it if you like, um, you know, dark fairy tale romance. It's quite a beautiful little unusual story. And that was Keturah and Lord Death, a book by Martine Leavitt. Leavitt, uh, Leave, uh, L-E-A-V-I-T-T.